remember these. Man. We came to Australia in 2001, and that, that was the, uh, the mail way of the day. I was excited because my friend had like a really old one, and because we were new to the country and we had to be able to get around, we got a new one, right? right? So that was pretty exciting. Did you know that for next year, there's this? Really? They're still doing it. So, so I, I reckon they're going to sell two. But um, I, I don't know what the business plan is for, for that and everything. But apparently it's still a thing. And this is like the 50th edition. So I'm not promoting that, by the way. I'm actually telling you about that so I can tell you another story. Uh, on Tuesday this week, uh, we went into the city and uh, went to uh, the Vic Market like all good Aussies do to get your Aussie souvenirs, right? Uh, so uh, anyway, we, we, we did that. And then... I was going to Costco because Pastor Enneke inspired me to get some supersized stuff, right? <laughs> and from the Vic Market, if you're not familiar with the geography of Melbourne, uh, it's not that far, right? It's really not. You get on Pill Street and then go down Dudley Street, right, right? Well, the GPS said it was going to take 15 minutes to get from the market to Costco. Now, friends, I know for a fact I can get from the market to Costco in 15 minutes if I walk, okay? So I ignored the GPS. Yeah. Who's with me, guys? Come on. Come on. We've been ignoring directions for all of our lives, and GPSs are no different. But guess what? That was a big mistake. <clears throat> yeah. Because the GPS knew some things that I didn't know. It knew that there were some road closures. So I tried to ignore it, and it actually cost me more time, and it probably took me 20 minutes to get to Costco instead of 15. So there, thanks for listening. You're cheaper than counselors. <laughs> but the bottom line was I didn't trust the GPS, and that leads me to a question for you today. Who do you trust? Trust is... A weird thing in our society today, it's a huge issue because we are exposed to fake news all the time, so you don't believe anything that you hear by the news media and things. Our world leaders have lied to us from time to time and on occasion, so we don't trust them. Business leaders, yeah, they're in it for the money, right, of course, not all of them, but generally speaking, we, we don't trust them. And friends, even church leaders have let us down and disappointed us. So trust is a rare commodity that we don't hand out lightly. Am I right or am I, am I preaching to myself? All right, okay, we, we don't trust. As we continue our series, I Am Jesus, today we're going to be looking at a statement that Jesus made that if it is true, if it can be trusted, it's a life changer. It's a game changer. It absolutely changes everything else in your life. If you missed any of the other messages in this series, you can go get them on our app, on our website, on our YouTube channel. Like, share, all those things so all your friends can get these things. But today, we're going to be in John chapter 14 looking at his next I am statement where he said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. That, friends, is a Huge, huge claim. Would you agree? It's a pretty bold statement. And some would suggest that 
potentially it's even very arrogant unless it's true, right? That's an arrogant statement, unless it is true. When Jesus said this, it was in a context of trying to bring some comfort to his uh, disciples. In chapter 13, that's right before 14, he had predicted that Judas was going to betray him, and then Judas left the room to go and get busy doing that. He said, I'm only going to be with you guys a little bit longer, and you're not going to be able to go with me when I leave. And to Peter, he said, you are about to deny me. So then, into that context, chapter 14 and verse 1, he says this. This, yes. Don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm going to get betrayed. I'm leaving you. You're going to deny me. But don't let your hearts be troubled. And then, he goes through a whole lot more stuff, which we're going to unpack for a few minutes, but then in verse 27, he doubles down on it and says, don't be troubled or afraid. Now, when I think about that, I look at what Jesus was about to go through himself, and he's offering them some comfort in a very troubling time for himself. But why would they be troubled? The word troubled means to be characterized by distress, affliction, or anguish, and I like to say it's to be shaken up, stirred up, and confused, okay? That's to be troubled. And Jesus is telling them not to be troubled. But think about why they might be troubled. He was leaving them. They have been all in with Jesus. They came from other walks of life. They had okay jobs, decent jobs. They were fishermen. They were tax collectors. They were any number of array of things. And they had said, we're going to leave all that, and we're going to go all in with Jesus, And now he's leaving them. They had thought, one day, we're going to rule with him in this kingdom thing that's coming. We're going to have a good life in that way. We're going to be Jesus' right hand, left hand, you know, center, back, all that people. We're going to be right there with him. They were expecting that, and now he's leaving them. Not only would that have been troubling, but Jesus is also saying, you're all going to desert me. So now, coupled with the fact that, not only the fact that they are troubled because they've left everything to follow him, and now he's leaving them. But he's also saying, you're all going to betray me. You're all going to reject me. You're going to desert me. So now they're going to feel like failures themselves. Don't let your hearts be troubled, though. Jesus says, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't stress about it. Have you ever been in a situation where you were just really troubled, where you were stressed out to the max in some loving wonderful Christian friend comes and says, don't worry. It'll be all right. Right? How'd that make you feel? Yeah, do you want to punch them? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I just saw somebody punch somebody over here. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Sounds like crazy talk, doesn't it? Don't let your heart be troubled. When Jesus said that, this is in the context where he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What he's actually saying, guys, is this. I can be trusted. That's why you don't need to have a troubled heart. He said this to them. He said, trust in God and trust also in me. That word trust 
means to keep trusting on and on. See, the question that we've got to ask is, because why would they have trusted him at this stage? He just said, I'm leaving you. All your expectations, yep, you can do what you want with those, but I'm leaving. Can he be trusted? The question we need to wrestle with is, can Jesus be trusted? I was sitting here this morning going over my notes, and uh, Pastor Deanna came up uh, beside me, and she was looking over my shoulder. And uh, she probably sensed that I was just really uh, intense, maybe, or just really troubled. Maybe I had a troubled heart this morning. And she said, can Jesus be trusted for today? It's like, stop it. <laughs> this is my sermon, all right? You get your turn in a couple of weeks. But she wasn't wrong. Jesus is talking to them. And I, I'm going to share with you five reasons I believe Jesus can be trusted. He told them this in uh, verse 2. It says, there's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, I would have told you that I'm, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am. Why can we trust Jesus? First of all, we can trust Jesus because he has a plan. How many of you are planners in the room? I'm a planner. You, you know that. If you've known me for more than 10 minutes, you know I'm a planner. But the call to trust him would have went counterintuitive to what they were experiencing at the moment. He's saying, trust in God, trust also in me, literally to keep on trusting. He says, the world might be in chaos and confused. Keep trusting. I'm still the creator of the universe. I've still got this. Things are about to get way more challenging, but keep on trusting. I'm about to be dragged off into the courts. I'm about to be beaten and mocked, and then I'm going to die on a cross. But just keep trusting. Just, if you, just as you've trusted God the Father, keep trusting me. That's what Jesus' message to them is. Is. He says, there is room in my father's house for you. I'm going away. I'm going to go prepare it. And that's the picture in the Old Testament. They would, the, the Jewish boys would go and they would prepare a place. It would be like uh, a, an addition to the father's house before they got married. Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place because my mind's on you. I'm thinking about you. And when I'm done preparing that place, then I'm going to come back and get you. That was over 2,000 years ago. Imagine the place he's preparing for you. And for me, it's got to be pretty amazing, yeah? So Jesus is saying all of that, and then he says, then I'm going to come back, and we're going to be together again forever. I told you, I, I'm a planner because I believe that when there's a plan, you can find some comfort in the midst of chaos. When you can see the next step, when you can see the train at the end of the tunnel, or the light at the end of the tunnel, woo, and it's a train, right. When you can see the light at the end of the tunnel and how to get to there, Life is a little more manageable. That's why I believe knowing that he has a plan makes him worth trusting. When things are not going to plan, keep on trusting. When life is in chaos, keep on trusting. Literally applied in this context, Jesus was saying, keep trusting me because I want you to spend eternity with me in heaven. That's what he's talking about. And I'm figuring out how that's going to happen. Or I'm going to show you how that's going to happen. Look uh, at what Thomas said. Because Jesus said, you know the way. But look at what Thomas said. I love Thomas. This is probably my favorite verse in this whole passage. He says this. No, we don't know, Lord. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? 
Any Thomases in the house? You know, he speaks up and he says what everybody else is thinking, I believe. Have you ever been in that room where you're in a room and you're actually hesitant, you're afraid to say something because what's going on in the room doesn't make any sense? And then finally somebody says, not sure about this. Right, have you been there? And then you're like piling on. You're saying, yeah, yeah, I didn't understand either. And you wish you had been bold enough to say that. See, Thomas was being honest and transparent. He wasn't just going with the flow and and accepting something he didn't understand. What we can learn from Thomas' reaction is, you know what, it's okay for us to admit that sometimes we don't understand. It's okay for us to admit that we don't understand how God's working. It's okay for us to admit that we think God should be working differently and that we are kind of anxious about it and troubled by how he's working But as we're admitting that, we need to keep trusting, keep trusting. I'm glad Thomas said this because it gave Jesus the opportunity to make a statement that defines Christianity. Said this, and we go back to it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. The word way there. We're going to go way, truth, and life. The word way is from the Greek word hadas, which means it's the medium of access to God and eternal life. He is the, the way. And then he is the truth. The truth is aletheia, which means truth incarnate or reality. Truth, again, is a, uh, just like trust, is a, a tough thing to get our heads around or for us to accept or to believe in. Jesus says, I am truth. Not I know the truth, but I am truth. And then he says, I'm the life. Greek word is zoe. That means the source of all life. So Jesus has said, I've got a plan to get you from point A to point B. From where you're at today, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and then I'm coming back, and you can live with me there forever. So why why can we trust Jesus in that? Because he is the pathway. He's the pathway. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And this speaks to exclusivity. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, salvation is found in no one else. Jesus is not one of many ways. He is the way. That's extremely controversial in our world today. It separates Christianity from all other religions. A few years ago, I was riding in an Uber in another state where I was traveling for for the work I was doing, and uh, the driver was a Hindu. And he had uh, some trinkets on the dash and all those things. And uh, we struck up a conversation about God. And his comment to me was, oh, there's lots of pathways to God. Whatever you believe, just go with that and you will get to God. Friends, if that's true, then Jesus is a liar. Right? Because he just said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if there are many ways, then Jesus is not telling us the truth. But he is truth. As I was thinking about this, there's only one way to God. And uh, I thought, you know, many people would tell us, well, that's pretty narrow-minded of you to think that there's only one way. That's narrow-minded. So try this on for size. Okay, you go to the doctor. And... She does some blood work, and she tells you in the follow-up appointment, hey, you have diabetes. I got bad news. You've got diabetes. 
good news is you can take insulin, and you probably have to take it the rest of your life, but it's going to manage it, and you can live the rest of your life pretty much normally, right? Well, you're not too excited about taking insulin, so you say, well, hang on a minute. Isn't there another way? How about if I just take two Panadol? Or what about penicillin? Or what about those other drugs, like maybe the medical marijuana stuff, right? Or that drug called chocolate. Yeah. That'd be good for diabetic, right? And the doctor says, well, yeah, hang on. You need to understand insulin is the only thing that is going to manage this for you. And you respond to her, that's pretty narrow-minded, That sounds ridiculous and silly, doesn't it? But friends, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And that can sound arrogant. That can sound ridiculous unless it's true. Just like if you're a diabetic, the only drug that's going to help you is insulin. The only thing that is going to get you to eternal life. The only access to the Father is through Jesus. Thomas Akempis said this. Without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. Without the life, there is no living. I am the way which you must follow, the truth which you must believe, the life for which you must hope. Deep words there, expounding on this verse of I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. I've got a plan. I'm the pathway to eternal joy, happiness, and life eternal. And then Philip speaks up. And Philip says this. He says, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. You remember from a few weeks ago, Philip's now wanting to do it on his terms, right? He's saying, show me what I want to see, and then we'll, we'll be satisfied. And Jesus replied, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Then look at this part. It says, don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. Why can we trust Jesus? Because he has a past. He has a resume that's worth trusting. Philip is questioning him. Okay, Jesus, I'm good with the plan. You're the pathway. But give us a little bit more proof, and then I'm on board. Philip, Jesus said, seriously, how long have we been together? You've been hanging out with me, and you're still not ready to trust me. You're still struggling. He says, think about it, Philip. I want you to listen to my words, and I want you to look at my works. If you listen to what I say, and you understand the things I've done, how can you still be doubting? You have history with me. I've got a few runs on the board, Philip. Don't you remember that time when I walked on water? Don't you remember me calming the sea? Don't you remember me feeding the multitudes? Don't you remember me healing the lame man? Don't you remember me healing the blind man? Remember that time I raised Lazarus from the dead? Come on, Philip. Remember all I've provided for you these last three years. 
I've not let you down up to now. Why, Philip, do I need to show you more? I've revealed the Father to you already. That should have removed all doubt and given him comfort for his troubled heart. You know, Jesus can be trusted in our present because of his past. He has worked in your life already. If you're sitting here today, if you're breathing air, he has worked in your life. And you all have stories and testimonies that you can come up here and share. And it would tell everybody else that Jesus has worked in your life. But we tend to forget how he's worked in our life because we're living in the immediate and we're struggling and it hurts and our hearts are troubled and we're anxious. And sometimes we need to stop in the middle of that. And just remember, hey, God got me out of that hard time. He'll get me through this one. He loves me. That hasn't changed. Remembering how Jesus has worked in our lives in the past will bring comfort for our chaos today. Look what uh, he says then in verse 16. He says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Why can Jesus be trusted? Okay, get ready, get ready. Because, go ahead, he sent a paraclete. Right? That word paraclete, is the Holy Spirit. He said he sent the Holy Spirit, but if you look at the Greek word, it's paraclete. That's one who comes alongside. And no, I'm not just having fun with the alliteration there, uh, but I couldn't resist. He sent a paraclete. He sent a comforter. He sent an advocate. He sent a counselor. He sent someone else that's going to be with you forever. That's the Holy Spirit living in you. So Jesus can be trusted Finally, Jesus says this in verse 27. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. I have told you these things before they happen so that when they do happen, you will believe. So summing it all up, Jesus said, so you won't need to be troubled or afraid. I'm giving you peace of mind and heart. Why can you trust Jesus? Because he gives us peace. The peace that Jesus gives is something the world can't give. It's different than the peace that is so elusive in our world today. There's war and fighting all around us. It looks like the antithesis of peace. Some of you, in your own homes, it's the antithesis of peace. Our marriages can be tense. Our kids can be trying. Our parents can be tiring. Our finances can be tight. There are plenty of reasons for our hearts to be troubled, yes? The peace that Jesus refers to here is a deep-seated peace in the midst of suffering that comes from a living and personal relationship with Jesus that's deepened through surrender to him. It's deepened through taking those steps like Lila did today of saying yes I don't care. I want everybody, not I don't care who knows. I want everybody to know. So I'm taking this step of obedience, of surrender. So what does this have to do with you and I today? Well, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Bold statement, huge claim, and arrogant, unless it's true. Unless it's true. Friends, I believe with everything that's in me, that's why I'm here, that's why I'm doing what I do, that Jesus can be trusted. 
He's shown us today in John chapter 14. He can be trusted because he has a plan. You need to take a deep breath and trust that his plan is better than yours. You know, sometimes too often I think that we, we, we don't see his plan or we don't align with his plan because we're too busy trying to work out our own plan. Because we're smart and I know my plan is good. Right? Maybe you need to be a little less committed to your plan. I need to be a little less committed to my plan and trust his plan. He's the pathway, the way the plan's going to get done. Following him will lead to eternal comfort. If you're going in the wrong direction today, maybe you need to get on the right path, his path. He is the way, the truth, the life. Then his past speaks for itself. He has a past. That's why we can trust him. How have you seen Jesus work in your life in the past? Can you rest in that? Can you take confidence and comfort in that? You have a Holy Spirit, that good old paraclete. He's there. He provides comfort, peace that passes all understanding. When it makes no sense for you to be at peace, when all your friends say, like they did to Job, you should curse God and die, your life sucks, it's hopeless, you say, actually, I'm, I'm at peace because the Holy Spirit lives in you. When we put our trust in him, there's an amazing result. Peace. He gives us peace. A few months ago, I told you about a recurring dream that I had when I was on a break back in May and June. And I don't share those things a lot, you know that. But it was so impacting that I shared it with you then, and I believe God brought it back to my mind and my heart this week in a big, big way. And I was preaching a sermon in my dream, and while I was preaching the sermon, I didn't have any ear monitors, but I heard God saying to me that whole time while I'm preaching two things. He said, my people struggle with relationships because they don't trust me. My people struggle with relationships because they don't trust me. And then he said, my people are frustrated when life does not go to plan because they don't trust me. Are you trusting today? Or is your heart troubled? Do you have a troubled heart? Or are you trusting Jesus? He's got a proposition for you. This is a great deal if you're willing to accept it. Okay? He says, trade your troubled heart. For a trusting heart. Sounds like a good deal to me, yeah? Trade your troubled heart for a trusting heart. Friends, I don't know if that's impacting to you, but it's impacting to me. Because I need to be reminded of that every day. Every day. When the troubles are there, when the heart's getting anxious, the mind is going to places that it shouldn't go, that aren't healthy, I need to remember, hey, hey, hey. Jesus says, trade that in. Trade the troubled heart for a trusting heart. I'm going to pray to close this out, but I want to pray for you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for all of those who are standing up right now, who are declaring, I've got a troubled heart, and I don't like it. I'm anxious, but I want to trade that 
for a trusting heart. God, I pray that you would give everybody standing here the strength, the power to lean into you and to trust you with that troubled heart. I pray that they would release that open-handedly to you right now. Lord, I pray that over each and every one of them, that you would give them the power, the strength, the perseverance to trust, to lean into you when it doesn't make any sense. God, sometimes it doesn't make sense for us to trust you, and that's what faith is all about. Lord, thank you for giving us faith. I pray that you would give all of these people faith to trust you in this moment. And then after this moment, as they walk out these doors, when the enemy will say, well, that was all good and well, that was all fine. But now we're back in the real world. Lord, I pray they would just keep trusting and keep trusting. And when life doesn't make sense, still they keep trusting because you have a plan and you've provided the way. Thank you, Lord, for that. And Lord, I pray your blessing on every life here with the, the faith that they have shown and the trust just to stand here right now. And Lord, bless them. Go with them. And Lord, give them comfort for the troubled heart in Jesus' name.